Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. start off with some baseball some real news brown is back brown is back i brilliant brilliant branding campaign i the am San way into Diego this. padres are going back to brown it says something about the stylistic choices of an era right and now i kind of now i'm kind of curious about what's the next team to embrace a color scheme that they got rid of is it the diamondbacks like, are we headed back to the purple and green at some point? They only recently changed that. I know. Though, right? Yeah. Sort of. Wait, was that in, during Justin Upton's career? Yeah, that was during Justin Upton's career. Yes. Okay. I guess it's them, or it's like, when do you hit nostalgia point for the Devil Rays? Well, they sort of have, but they do a lot of throwbacks. But I think that their change to the Rays, as in Sun Rays, right. has been heralded accepted as, yeah. as positive like i mean the star logo is great and that's a, good that's a fantastic logo i really like that yeah. one uh and it's not a color scheme change so it's it's different i mean the reason brown went out is because i don't think anyone actually wanted to look at something brown for a good 10 years mm-hmm. yeah i've always liked brown brown is a is a pretty decent color when done well Chocolate i wouldn't brown i wouldn't say that i've always liked brown no i think i think i'm more willing to flow with the the whims of the people here do you feel that we are in culture overload right now because i really do we are we are hitting a point where there is a lot of fantasy tools relevant materials coming out dark materials (laughs) i agree with that for me it really came to a head because the Mandalorian has dropped, and I do not have the mental space to figure out if I'm going to watch it, or like when I'm going to watch it. Yeah, but there within that is a parenthetical statement of how. <laughs> I mean, the how is very simple, right? It's like I have to navigate getting Disney Pay up Plus. the 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the how is very straightforward. So anyway, Disney Plus <laughs> launched. I got to figure out what I'm going to do about that. I do want to see we The do. Mandalorian. Yep. But cultural overload haven't had time to do it haven't had time to watch bojack horseman that's a show Same. that we have loved and talked about i know i don't yeah, i don't even feel like i'm particularly close to watching it i guess and you know what else just caught up on silicon valley did you i haven't started no oh, i'm episode behind now but yeah no, i haven't just started came out. i haven't made time it's great i mean it's great and i i know that we both watch i know we both watch john oliver <laughs> i mean yep like you know, there's just there's just a lot of content out there, and we're entering a holiday season. Like, I'm not, I don't know how much free time we're gonna have over the next couple months. I mean, well, we'll and yeah, we got a Star Wars movie to to watch a couple a couple dozen times. Exactly. I mean, that's that's my whole Christmas week <laughs> yeah. right there. How many times can I get to the theater? You know, there's all these all these questions. Eh, you got you that can right. Walk up there. <laughs> anyway, lot to catch up on. So 
if we want to talk about things, we have to strategize in advance is basically what I'm saying. Well, and we have on His Dark Materials, and I think we're going to continue on the pod specials. Exactly. Well. This week we'll wrap the book, Secret Commonwealth, and we will review episode 0.1. That's right. And then we'll decide what we're going to do from there, I guess. All right. Today on the pod, Eric reminded me that I had neglected to push an entire piece of our analysis to GitHub. So I did that. He hasn't even seen it yet. So we'll talk through the notebook while we're on the pod here and explain what the missing piece was. And then in the second half or at the end, we'll talk about figure brainstorming, some ideas that we have for where we want to go from here and how that all fits into the narrative that I saw that Eric was updating this week. So here we go. Uh, we did have a big missing piece here, and that, that's on me, because I, I stripped it out in my haste to get a beautiful, clean, generating uh, projections notebook up. Something that worked. Something that worked. It always worked. It was just really messy and didn't make sense. Right. So the intent was always to break out, and we've talked about this actually, to break out the model tuning, the investigations that we're doing into tuning the model into a separate notebook or into a separate workspace whatever we decide that could be yeah you want me to go through this this is actually something this is actually something that you put together in a way and i um massaged into something that could work iteratively you back up back up and start right from the beginning. okay <laughs> so from from the beginning the way this the way that the rents method for figuring out the proper number of clusters works <laughs> is that we iteratively increase K. We start with three yes. minimum number of clusters. I mean, why the hell do anything less than three really on a data set? Two clusters. I mean, I did two clusters. Having, Mine starts at two clusters, so don't set. you know? Don't poo poo it too hard. <laughs> bifurcate the bifurcate. Okay, um, we could start with two clusters. Fine. Thank two you. Two clusters. Um, I can. We can change that in this as well. <laughs> I started with three because I assumed that we were going to have three at least. That was my my thought. Again, so Mike has a character-driven narrative. I have a sterile number-driven um, method. And so what, what we do is that we iterate over, we increase K, um, and then redo the K-means algorithm. We know that the minimum is one cluster. Yeah. And the maximum is number of observations. Right. So where is it in the middle? What's We're not looking for a mathematical truth. We're trying to look at what we can, um, where we can minimize, go in towards that. And right. And functionally, what we find is that you, the reason that we like this mathematically is because you get an exponential curve. You get... You get exponential returns as you're increasing your number of clusters. But an exponential curve uh, flattens out very rapidly. Yeah. And so we can compute, okay, what is the knee of the exponential curve, which is a well-defined mathematical point, and yeah. we can say how many clusters is it where we start to see that this, that this E-folding is not as valuable. Exactly. And we do that, and we compute this, and we find, lo and behold, the answer is 12. N clusters 12 for hitters. Dozen. And frankly, I had... And I think it's 11 for pitchers. I had completely forgotten that that was the answer that we got. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tells you how much stuff we do. 
because the method that I was using that I thought is what we had ultimately used to decide how many clusters also returns 12 <laughs> or roughly 12, like 12 okay. also makes sense. And so I was excited about that. Right. So when you talk about your method, while the rents method is a pure one number out, what I'm looking for is as you increase K. So at each K step, you know how many, you know where the clusters were before. And what I want to know uh -huh. is how do the clusters bifurcate into the next set of clusters? In a perfect theoretical world, what I'm picturing is when you go from three clusters to four clusters, what you find is that three of the four clusters look just like one from the three clusters, but now one of them is split into two. So at each mm -hmm. step, you should find a successive refinement where one of the clusters from the previous step has now split into two. That's the the driving vision here. And so I built a I built a graph that tried to connect the clusters that with their closest cluster at k minus one. And so yeah. the vision here is that eventually this will just devolve into noise and every cluster is just breaking randomly into different clusters that don't, that yeah. don't mean anything. And from this graph you can more or less see that that is what's happening you're either you're not returning any value by increasing the number of clusters because they don't mean anything anymore you're just latching on yeah, to noise you you get to the you get to 12 because it starts to they start to split off terminus so you had been going through and then you had been defining k based on i mean defining k is a dark art so i'd been defining it on where it all went to hell where adding another cluster just meant that it erased every cluster before and started from scratch. <laughs> right. That's, and that's a good place. So it's 13. And to mine said 12. Yeah. That's where we're at. So All right. this notebook, this notebook needs more, but in the, <laughs> in the full spirit of agility, this is where we got, this is what we got <laughs> this week. Yeah. Wow. Agility. Um, okay. <laughs> what other, what, uh, what other descriptor would you like me to use? No, I think that works. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Here's some important branding brainstorming. Talk about the mic method first and then talk about the rents method for giving it a numerical. Did I, I don't think I, did I call no, it the so, mic method? No, you did <laughs> okay. You did <laughs> the mic method though has really good alliteration. And then we need like a... Like a, let's see, rents. What's a what's an R word for routine? Oh, the rents routine. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. We got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can always make it like the the Peterson process and the Peterson process rents routine. The options are myriad. <laughs> All right, Eric, you've been writing a bunch on the paper. Uh, this has proliferated quite a bit since last week. Good agility. As you've been writing this, what images are popping to mind? What are you thinking that you need to see? What images are cropping to mind? That is, you know, actually more. Well, let's get this in here. You need your your image. What do you? A string diagram? Ooh, um, I was I was calling it a linking diagram. 
All right, let's just let's list some of these off. So I need a couple of tables. I, actually, I came up with a bunch of uh, tables that we really. I know. I'm have. seeing that. I'm kind of intimidated yeah. by the number of clust- by the number of tables happening here. There are three. The question is how much we want to. Okay, so figure list, figure brainstorming. So we want your linking diagram. Yep. We want to have. We'll do this figures. Um, we correlation. Yeah, I mean, the the correlation plot has been taking a lot of my mental bandwidth in terms of trying to in terms of figure plotting. Like, what exactly is that going to look like? Okay, I think that I just need to agilely make a plot of everything versus everything. <laughs> Just make something. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. I think I need to do a corner diagram of all of the all of the six hitting categories that we're clustering on, and the five pitching categories that we're clustering on, and then we iterate from there. That's all. I. That's all we can do. We just got to get that one done, uh, and then, and then we decide what we don't like about it. Because I can already tell you that I'm not going to like it, which is yeah. partly why I haven't been making it. Well, we've talked in the past about what's most informative, which stats are most informative Uh for high-value and low-value clustering. Hmm. Right, because we don't... Well, okay, said another way. We don't need to have runs and hits on the same thing, right? Because we know that those are correlated, so we can pick one of those when we... You know what I what I'm saying is like we can we can think about this using some of the other things that we've done to how we can limit the number of axes that we're working on. We have six oh. axes. That's too much. How can we figure out uh, when we're trying to like let's just say we're trying to figure out the best hidden cluster? We want to display that information. We want to put it on a maximum of three axes with color being right. you know the 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 description against everything else if we look at those and what's my <laughs> right yeah no you're, you're like we don't need to put we can yeah i don't know damn okay i had to do that i'm just gonna make i'm gonna make a corner diagram that's it Okay, I'm gonna make it. A- Just make the cord- corner diagram. Let's look at that. We'll figure out which ones of these like are correlated are correlated enough that we don't need to have both of them represented. Runs, hits, runs, RBIs. All right. Once we have the corner, we we know that we want a corner diagram. What what else are we gonna look at here? As I've been looking through this, I'm I'm worried that. We, as one of our lessons, one of our perennial lessons for the discussion on the podcast is that we actually need to name drop. <laughs> so should we be name dropping in this paper? And if we should be name dropping specific players, what do we want to be able to show about them? Well, so, right. So I've only been, I've only gotten up to writing through the methods yeah. section. And what, what I think that we want to do is have I have a case study section. Sure, right, exactly. That is where we should be yep. name dropping, right? In, right, exactly. Nope, 100% on the same page. So in the case studies, what do we want to talk about? 
that's, I mean, what, what is it about a certain player that we want to talk about? We've kicked around a little bit the idea of 2019 probably don't have success stories, things that we predicted well. But in, I think we don't have time to talk about more than one hitter and one pitcher. Okay, that's a that's a very good parameters uh, parameterization for what we need to do. And I think that we want to do what we did with Eddie Rosario. Okay, you know, walk through how we walk through Eddie Rosario. Talk about this is who he was. This is who he is. This is who he was in 2018. This is how he came to 2019 numbers. Yeah. Let's walk through these different pieces. This is the here's his data to yeah. start. Here's the cluster assignment. Here's what that looks like in the prediction section. Here's where the error estimation was done. Here's our validation of him. You know, discuss why we think that <laughs> discuss why, why we think right, <laughs> why we think we did well. Why he was a great example. Now we could do that, and then we could do the same thing for um, who's the pitcher that we we actually did really Mike Miner. Mike Miner, Mike Miner, you, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton was good too. Remember, don't you who we did well on or badly on? Were you going to say did well, well on Mike Miner? Because this Mike Miner is just the one that pops into my head because you were just like, "What is going on with your rankings? <laughs> like, why does it like Mike Miner? Why does it like Mike Miner so much? Yeah. So Mike Miner is another one. Charlie, Morton's and then yeah. we go through the same the, th- the same thing with the pitching side of it. We use that as a way to discuss further pieces of this uh, of the methods that we don't get into because, like, the idea of this paper construction is introduce what we're talking about, go through the methods in as um, detailed but also you know big broad brushstrokes as possible, and go through an example and then talk about you know how this is great or isn't as great on each one of the different steps. Okay. I am completely down for that. What visualization do we need for that? You know, that is where we could look at Rosario within a cluster. Cor- a corner corner um, diagram of him within the, within, just within the cluster. We don't even need to look at all data space. Sure. Okay. We could just say here, like, because some one of the things is, you know, our prediction is how far away is he from the center? I would love to see that. You yeah. Know? Okay. Okay. I I think it's hard. It's really hard to decide on the figures to make in a vacuum. Yeah. No, it is. It is. And I started coming up with tables, and I have too many tables, and yes. we're gonna need to start yeah. um, figuring out what we can. Probably don't need the. Probably don't need this one. Well, the problem is we we make an inherently tabular data project <laughs> product because mm-hmm. what we the whole thing that we're trying to produce is a table. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. No, we stay in tables. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the thing that we had done for last week, which was the validation plots, those belong in there somewhere as well. Those that much is clear, and we we have to talk about the the validation section. Where is that? Where is that going to... Oh, prediction validation now fits in there. Yeah. Prediction, estimation, error estimation. Is predict, yeah, player prediction, then error estimation. Or do you want error estimation within the player prediction? 
I think error estimation. Yeah, I think that needs to go within the player prediction, because that because they're part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was seeing that this week and hadn't made the change. If we can in some way, I mean, do you want to just have the player stereotypes? Just list them, basically. I do. I think the problem with the player stereotypes is that because we're doing it on a ratio basis, sometimes they don't make it gets confusing. sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really what, what you want is you want to see, like, you want to understand peop- you want to understand the clusters as the, the best at something. Like, you want to see that, like, okay, this archetype is... It makes so much less sense when it is the middle of the distribution and not a tail. Yes. And so, I mean, maybe that's, a, maybe that's just something that we just have to discuss and we just have to confront and say, like, look, no matter what way you slice it, Billy Hamilton is an outlier. Like, yep. you'll never, until you get to 100 clusters, you'll never find a cluster that Billy Hamilton is anywhere near the center of. Right. And the same thing is true for, I don't know, Aaron Judge on the home run front. Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. Right. Like, you have to remember that the people that you think about and the people that you read articles about are inherently outliers. Right. Whereas Ozzy Albies is a perfectly good representation of a good player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In that he's in the middle of the distribution and not either end. So we have to not a guy who's just barely going across that clustering threshold. Right. And so we have to figure out how to 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 discuss I guess what we need to figure out is how to discuss what being at the center of a cluster means. Because because people want the archetypes to be the outliers, but the archetypes, like the ones that you can think of, players you can think of off the top of your head. But that's not true. Yeah. Hmm. Boring. I think this is all very exciting. I don't think we, we probably don't need more than four figures anyway. So we're probably done. <laughs> <laughs> if we get those four figures and we write the rest of this and then we decide we need another figure, we'll have to do that before december okay four figures well we're exactly 33 days away right from submission it's not that bad it's really not that bad because give this another give this another two weeks and we could turn it in if we had to is my prediction right yeah i think so i think you're right i'm gonna keep i'm pretty close on well two of the four methods sections case study i'll start popping it together and then giving you things to produce all right i'm in it's, it's gonna go interpretations if you have any thoughts on this and just want to put bullet points one of the things that i found has been helping a little bit is if i just put bullet points within the sections okay things that i want to hit bullet points i can do all right that about brings us to the review session shin Tzu chu are you any more or less happy with me than when I announced this last week? I just don't want to think about him anymore. Here is numbers, though. Look, okay. Let me just give you his numbers. 151 games this year. 660 plate appearances. 24 home runs. 93 runs. 61 RBIs. 15 stolen bases? And a 265 average. 
from a fantasy perspective, somebody has to own this guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You didn't list uh, one of his key metrics. Uh, which one? Age. Okay, Sinchu Chu is 37 years old, which is which makes it ridiculous that he stole 15 bases this year. <laughs> yeah. And this is on a three-year. This is this is three years in a row, where he has been. Respectively, respectably, legit, <laughs> and hitting nearly 150 games each year. I know, guy has to fall off. I mean, he's gonna be so he'll still be 37 at the start of next year. He turns 38 in the middle of the summer. He's. It's t- next year is the last year of a seven-year contract. Seven-year, $130 million contract. That's a big contract. I forgot that it was that yeah. large. Wow. 2016. That seems like so recent. Yeah. But it is so long ago was the year where he burned a lot of people yes. with uh, 48 games played. And that was a year after having a really solid, solid, not great season. And then the year before that, he was... Would you like to know what our naive prediction for 2020 on Sinchu Chu is? I don't know. What is it? Uh, let me Go guess. Go for it. 600 plate appearances. Mm. Give me the 600 plate appearance numbers. 600 plate appearances. Wow. Okay. Uh, 90. It's probably very similar to what he did last year. So let's just say 93, 24, 60, 10, 260, 5. You just keep going, man. You just just keep going a little bit here. Uh, Okay. Let me give you these numbers. We got 19 19 home runs. 19 and 600 at-bats. 19 and 600 at-bats. The thing just thinks that he is going to steal what did you say you said 10 stolen bases right yeah 9.7 <laughs> okay i'm good you're good 60 rbis sig fix 70 60 rbis that's 79 runs 79 runs i think that is probably the least realistic well, what number. about the 19 home runs i'm fine with really that. okay so you so how many plate appearances did he have this 660 year, He's 660. Yep. He's he's had okay. 636, 665, 660 last 3 years. Okay. And in 2015 when he was healthy, he got 653. Holy crap. In 2013, the last year that he was on the Reds, 712 plate appearances. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That is that is wild. Wow. That is That's why he was a 20 and that 20. That's not a number that you see <laughs> very often. No. But he's 37, so we never know when, when a player like that's Well, that's kind of why off. I think that 600 plate appearances, in addition to being our default projection, is not that bad of an <laughs> idea for him. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I would love for you to tell me who we're going to watch next week. Have we done Reese Hoskins? Ooh, I do not believe we have done Reese Hoskins. Then let's do Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins it is. If we have done him, sorry, we'll, whatever, at least we'll do him again.
Okay. Uh, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.